broadband. We need it for work and for school, for our health and our economy. What's being done to bring broadband internet access within reach of every American? Let's talk about it now on Rural Broadband Today. Here's your host, Stephen Smith. And thanks for tuning in today to another episode of Rural Broadband Today. I'm your host, Stephen Smith, and what a treat it is for me today to visit with uh, Candace Spencer. Candace is uh, a longtime friend to uh, rural broadband industry. She's a Southeast Regional Sales Manager uh, for Comstar Supply. And uh, Candace, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. Well, Candace, um, we, we, we touched base uh, recently, and uh, you were telling me about uh, an interesting presentation that you had the opportunity to do earlier this year to some young farmers in uh, Tennessee. Uh, your, your, your service area covers several states in the southeast, and uh, Tennessee being one of those, and we've got a lot of friends and listeners in Tennessee. And you were talking to some young farmers there about uh, broadband and how that impacts agriculture. Well, certainly during this time with the, the health care crisis that we're, our country is dealing with, we see just how important broadband is to those who are working from home, those who are uh, trying to learn from home, going to school online, uh, certainly health care and, and, and telehealth and remote. Something we don't always think about is how broadband is impacting the food that ends up on our table. And uh, Candice, we're going to talk a little bit about that presentation uh, that you did. And, and basically, when you're talking about the role of uh, fiber optics and broadband in rural America, that's something, while we don't think about it, it has a tremendous impact on uh, what we end up eating in our food supply, doesn't it? Yes, it totally does. Um, it, it affects our everyday life. Um, broadband, certainly, it affects every area of our lives as far as the libraries for the school um, if there's not enough libraries, exactly as you said, but for farming, it does even more than that. It does our our food supply is dwindling by the days, and um, the amount of people that are hungry in the world population is very vast. And with that presentation that you're t- discussing, um, it kind of shows exactly what those numbers are and how it's dwindling. The population is growing and the amount of farmers and the amount of food supply is deplenishing. Well, I've heard before that, you know, never in history have uh, so few people been called on to feed so many. And I think that as uh, those trends that you talk about continue with population growth and fewer and fewer people actually doing the farming work, we're going to continue to see, you know that that issue really expand, and um, and and fiber optics and, and and broadband over, you know fiber networks. I think uh, you know is going to play a big role in that, helping farms become more efficient. And you have uh, in in that presentation, you you really dove into some specifics about uh, how how broadband is helping. So let's let's dive into that. Um, planting, watering, uh, crop health, and those kind of things. There was a very interesting chart, which we will try to share in the show notes, that takes a look at a, at a farm that's using smart technology. And so talk to us a little bit about some of those uh, items that are, that are on that chart, starting with the, 
with the survey drones. I found that that particularly fascinating. So, yes, on that slide um, that you're discussing, there are five key things that we think of why to use to have a smart farm, why broadband is so important to the broadband, to the um, farming industry. So the survey drones. So when you think of that, with that, you're going to be able to take those drones and do some aerial surveys of the fields. You'll be able to do some mapping of your weeds and your yields and soil variation. That will all help you to give more precise applications and inputs in your mapping, which will help cause the not not to be able to have so much spread of the pernicious weeds and the black grass. All of that can help your yields increase tremendously. Plus, the drones will be able to give you in real time exactly what is going on throughout your whole field and on your farm, whether it be with your livestock, whether it be with your vegetables, all of those things. And then, so the next key thing that we said would be the agrobots. So we're talking about um, transformers out there in the field, huh? That's uh, tell us a little bit about how those, uh, what the role of those uh, robots are out in the field. So a lot of times people hear an agrobot, and that is a very scary thing to them in their farm. But without these things here recently with COVID, we've had um, a lot of farms who've really been struggling because they bring in migrants from other countries and they fly them in to pick their farms and to, to handle their crops. And recently, they have not been able to do that because of COVID. They haven't been able to fly into the United States or to where they need to go to be able to fix the the fields and properly pick them and so pick those fields. And so with the fleet of agrobots, you're going to be able to send out your herd of agrobots to tend the crops, to do the weeding, the fertilizing, and the harvesting. And the robots will all be capable of doing this sort of application. They can do fertilizer, and which will help even reduce your fertilizer cost by nearly 99%. When you think about that, that's that's a lot of cost that you're going to be able to to take out of your farm cost mm, with absolutely. those fertilizers. Yeah. And then the third key thing of the smart farm we said was farming data. So the farming data, that actually generates a ton of information and it will all go right back to your cloud. The data can be used in things such as your greenhouse. It's it's basically a real-time digital evidence of what's going on all the way out in your farm. And with that information, you're going to be able to get inspections. You're going to be able to get your grant work done with all the data information you have without having to fill out tons of forms. You're going to be able to have all that information right sitting in your cloud that you can just upload straight over to those grant applications and those inspections. And so you won't have as many inspectors coming out to your property having to do that. Well, I think those who do not spend any time on a, on a modern farm may have a vision in their mind of, you know, what farming looked like, you know, generations ago, or maybe their grandparents had a farm that they they visited. But the modern uh, uh, the the modern day farm is an expansive operation, and it's become quite a technical operation. And when you talk about that data moving into the cloud and being able to collect that and, and and put that data to work, there's a tremendous amount of data being uh, generated now and a lot of things to keep up with on farm. And there's, there's 
one thing in particular that uh, I wanted you to dive into about we, we hear a lot about the Internet of Things and we think about our smart home and we think about a security system and a camera and you can turn the lights on and off and, and those kind of thing um, and, and, and those kind of things that are really managed by sensors that you might have in the home. But when you take that kind of concept and technology and put it across a farming operation, you have quite interesting things that monitor supply, of course, and monitor, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the the chemicals that are being used, the fertilizer and those kind of things. But you also have things like animal health. And I love in your chart here where we're talking about texting cows. So tell us a little bit about <laughs> sensors and the Internet of Things on, on the farm. So when when I first saw texting to cows, I, I was like, I have no idea what that means, but that's pretty interesting um, to even hear that term. But it does. So sensors will actually be attached to your livestock, which will allow monitoring of your animals' health and well-being on a daily basis. That, that could actually send text alerts to both the farmer and the vet, like if a cow goes into labor or if a cow develops an infection, whatever your herd is, it helps their survival rate and it helps their yields tremendously be able to um, keep from spreading infections throughout the whole herd of, of your own of your livestock. So it would certainly make for a huge difference by having that real-time sensors and those real-time information. So sensors are for the Internet of Things, when you speak about it, they actually can do many, many things for many different segments, whether it be um, farms or libraries or whatever it is. The sensors are going to be able to give a lot of real information out in that cloud to a lot of different segments. Well, when we talk about agrobots and texting cows, that might sound uh, real futuristic, but... Those who are listening in uh, in rural areas, uh, chances are there's a farm, you know, in your community that's using some of this technology now, and particularly the smart tractors that have the GPS control. We're seeing more and more of that, and that's become, uh, you know, a, a, a fairly common occurrence. And that's one of the things that's on your um, the chart in your presentation. And to talk to us a little bit about the smart tractors. So yeah, that's the, the number five key thing of what we think you're going to need for your smart farm. So the smart tractors are GPS-controlled steering, and it has optimized route planning, and it will help reduce your soil erosion, saving your fuel costs by nearly 10%. But the big thing about smart tractors is it does sound very futuristic, along with the texting cows and the farming data and the agrobots. But all of those things, if you're using them on your farm is going to put you to be able to yield so much more than your neighboring farmers who are not using broadband for their farm. And and yes, it does sound very futuristic, but they, this it's going that way. And in order to keep up with the demands, we're going to have to be able to use many different skill sets on our farms to be able to keep up with the amount of demand for the food supply. Absolutely. And in your um, presentation, you have a you have a statistic here that's pretty striking. Uh, it says that thirty nine percent of rural Americans, which is about twenty three million people, 
uh, lack access to what the FCC defines as uh, true broadband service, 25 megabits up and three megabits down per second. And you think about how efficient a farm can be and how they can do a whole lot more with a whole lot less. One thing a farm cannot do without, and that, that is land. You have to have land to operate. You have to have land to grow the crop. You have to have land to grow the livestock. And where do you find those large swaths of land as it gets, um, you know, the farms get larger and larger, that's going to be rural America. And, you know, we're looking at, as the stat here says, 39% of these areas do not have adequate broadband. Now, our company, uh, WordSouth, works with a lot of uh, rural broadband providers who are doing an amazing job in uh, getting, uh, uh, building fiber networks out into their communities and making sure that, uh, you know, the people they serve have, you know, excellent service, uh, better than they'll find in the big cities, uh, oftentimes gigabit networks. Uh, But we still have a large portion of our uh, country that does not have adequate broadband service. What are you seeing out there, and and, and are you encouraged by all the activity that, that, that you may be seeing from the federal and the state levels? to try to solve this rural broadband challenge? Sure. So for me personally, I am very passionate about getting it to the rural areas because I grew up in a small town of Hickory, North Carolina, which is a very rural town between Charlotte and Asheville and in North Carolina. And um, farms and land are key. You have to have that to be able for the economy and the world to keep growing with the food supply. And so and many of our rural broadband providers are farmers as well on the co-op side. And so they actually, they do both. And, and they are pushing very hard right now to get the laws changed. And they are pushing the government. And the government is starting to kind of listen with the FCC changes with the RDOF funds and things. And hopefully it's going to happen but it needs to happen quicker. I believe it does need to happen quicker that we, you got to have broadband for the world to be able to keep going forward to meet the needs of the demands of that we're having in today's food supplies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you would tell us just a little bit about, uh, about Comstar's role in that, I know that, uh, Comstar is a supply company and, uh, there's a lot of different types of equipment materials that are needed to make a, Broadband Network. Tell us a little bit about Comstar. So Comstar Supply is a company based in the Northeast um, out of Philadelphia, but we have warehouses um, in the Southeast and across the United States as well. And we are a supply house that does many different things. So we we house the fiber optic cable. We house the um, hardware that goes on the poles, the vault, all the different things that a contractor would need to be able to get internet and broadband to your house, whether it be for a big customer or a small customer, we are delivering many different kinds of fiber and cable to all the different providers. And we want to continue to do that. We we keep a lot on our shelf so these contractors can keep working because with the government, with the government RDOF money coming at one time, if it does, get approved which it seems like it's going to um there's there's the manufacturing or work 
plants are working as hard as they can. And in many cases, they have smart manufacturing now. They're starting to kind of get um, more of the 5G smart manufacturing to have some robots and things of that of that nature to help kind of with their demand increases. But those demand increases cause it has to the the supply houses have to have it sitting on their shelf to be able to have it readily available for those contractors when they need it, or there are delays in the contract. So it's very important that you have a good distribution partner. That way they can have all the things that you have that the contractor needs to have in stock that they haven't sitting on their shelf. And that is what Comstar Supply does. We have it readily available for the needs of the customers. Yeah, I think you touched on a good point that has been brought up before on, in other episodes of this podcast that uh, we're, we're coming up on a, an age where there's going to be possibly more money available to build broadband networks than uh, the supply can keep up with, that the manpower can keep up with, and engineering and operations and, and construction. There's going to be a there's going to be plenty of work to do for everyone for the next few years. I think that's for sure. That is correct. Well, well, Candace, this has been a very interesting conversation um, with um, as it pertains to agriculture and, and our food supply. And you know, if you if you think well, the rural America and, and lack of broadband and and um, you know, thirty something percent of, of rural America is not uh, a problem that affects me. You need to think about that the next time you sit down to uh, dinner and realize that uh, that everything you're consuming. Uh, came from somewhere, and that came from, uh, you know, those who are, those who are uh, replenishing our food supply on a daily basis out there. And always our hats off to a lot, a lot of respect for those in the the farming industry. That's for sure. Uh, Candice, did we miss anything in your presentation that you would uh, like to bring some attention to before we close? Um, with on your farm, with increased business efficiency and quality, all of that will result in increased revenue. So. If you have a smart farm, all of those things, the quality, the efficiency, and the revenue will increase as opposed to doing farming just the old-fashioned way, even though we all love that way as well. You're just going to have to keep moving to the future. That's right. And when a, a business, be it um, you know, small mom and pop uh, downtown, an, an industry, uh, manufacturing plant uh, in the city, or agribusiness uh, when those when those businesses uh, flourish it uh, ripples out into the community and has a positive economic impact on all of us so that's a very good point well my guest today has been uh, Candace Spencer she is the southeast regional sales manager for Comstar supply and uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today Candace thanks for joining us thank you so much and thank you for listening to Rural Broadband Today, where we take a look at the people and the issues shaping the rural broadband story across America. I'm your host, Stephen Smith, and this program is produced by WordSouth, a content marketing company. Please share this episode with your network and uh, help us tell the rural broadband story. Thanks for listening. Rural Broadband Today is a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company.